Welcome to the one-on-one with one and only sports podcast. I'm your host, Theo Wan. Every person has a story to tell, and this podcast hopes to give an opportunity for those in the sport world to share their unique story. Each week, I interview a new guest to come on the show, and we talk about how they got to where they are in the sport world, what their daily life looks like, some misconceptions people have about their role, and we end with a fun rapid-fire segment to close the episode. If that sounds like something for you, Please don't hesitate to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. New episodes come out every Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by The Pocket AT. Ever want to have your health-related questions answered whenever you have them? Look no further than The Pocket AT. It is like having an athletic therapist with you 24-7. It's a free informational hub that provides you everything you need to know about your health, including rehabilitative exercises, advanced sports-specific exercises, proper ways to stretch and foam roll, mobility exercises, nutrition, and a bi-weekly blog that discusses the most commonly asked questions to practitioners. Check out their content on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at The Pocket AT, and on their website at thepocketat.com. Now with all that done, let's go. Welcome to episode 11 of the podcast. Today's guest is Shaka Fonderson. Shaka is the founder of Beyond the Game, Beyond the Game is an organization that desires to transcend the holistic vision of athletes through the connection to what's next after sport. Beyond the Game offers individual and online coaching, as well as team workshops. Before founding Beyond the Game, Shaka attended the University of Toronto and George Brown College. He received an athletic scholarship to play football for U of T. He won a Canadian Major Football League Championship with the GTA All-Stars in 2019, and an Ontario Championship with the Hamilton Hurricanes of the Canadian Junior Football League where he was given the team first award. Here is my interview with Shaka Fonderson. Shaka, thanks for coming on the show today. Beyond the game, in the house. Thank you for joining us. Man, Theo, I am amped to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I am excited to get going, man. I'm excited to hear your story, Shaka, of just your journey to starting your own business. So Shaka, tell me how you got to where you are today. I know maybe when you were in school, you probably weren't thinking, I'm going to start my own business as you were playing football at U of T. So what are some events or people that led to that? How did you get to where you are today, running your own company beyond the game? Absolutely, man. You're totally right. I did not think I was going to start my own business. Actually, throughout high school, I wanted to be an engineer up until grade 12, then realized how much I hated math and science. <laughs> at that point, I dropped, I dropped my sciences. I picked up a lot of social sciences, uh, the human growth and development, family studies, law, a bunch of those kind of courses. Then I did a fifth year in high school to you know take other courses. And then I got a scholarship at the University of Toronto. Once I got there, I, play, I was playing football, like you mentioned before, and I thought I was going to be this great athlete at U of T. Realized very quickly that I wasn't, I wasn't that guy. I also got hurt in my very, very first game. Five minutes in, tore my lateral meniscus in my left knee, which took me out for the entire season. That was tough to deal with, but then after that, I rehab, got back, but unfortunately, I was academically ineligible to play football that following year, so I decided to have surgery. But during this time, my whole mindset was, I'm going to come back to play football. There's the only reason I'm here. The only reason I'm here is to play football, so I wasn't focused on anything else. School wasn't my priority. And then that following year, I was the year after that, I was still on probation, which meant I had to leave the University of Toronto. After leaving U of T, 
I fell into a place where I had no idea who I was because I wasn't playing football anymore. And so I had to really try to fight through that and through organizations like Athletes in Action, through mentors and through just different different people helped me figure out who my what my identity was. I was able to understand that there was more to life than just playing sports. And so I realized that if I had this issue, maybe other athletes had this issue. And so I started talking to a lot of different people back in high school, my old coaches, my old teammates, and everybody kind of had the same conclusion that that there was nothing more to life than just playing their game and they didn't know who they were. And so I realized that the issue was not just with me, it was with a system. And so my initial plan was to go back to high school to do this study hall, but then that didn't work out. And so I I started working with a gentleman by the name of Vince Luciani, who runs the Legacy Coaching. And Vince taught me a lot about who I was as a person and, and how the industry worked. And so that's, that's where I learned, that's where I learned a lot of different things. And so from there, I developed more with Beyond the Game. I developed workshops. I developed just a whole mantra surrounding it. And then about a year in, I decided to branch off and start Beyond the Game. That's awesome, Shaka. And just great to see that entrepreneurial spirit. So I want to go back in your story a little bit with football. Can you just tell us a bit more about sort of that day-to-day grind in football? And you mentioned you got hurt in your first year. So how did that really start to affect how you saw yourself? You mentioned identity as a key theme there. So how would you describe how you felt at that time, especially that first year when you were so excited, you got a scholarship, highly recruited, you're going to play varsity football in the OUA, and then suddenly you get hurt first game. So how did you respond? What are some feelings you went through, and and what did that lead to uh, in the future? Yeah, so the grind is the grind to play varsity athletics is like no other. It's day in day out you're in the gym, day in day out you're studying film, day in and day out you're getting getting rehab. You have to be able, you have to stay focused on that grind and it's it's really interesting because I know I know athletes who people who don't play sports, they have they have their day-to-day struggles, they have their jobs to go to, they have schoolwork, they have their, their social obligations and then playing sports you have all of that plus you have to you have to make time for your sport because if you want to be good if you want to succeed you have to put in the time right and so it takes a lot of sacrifice as well and, and unfortunately for me that was my only focus I only focus on playing sports and I didn't really focus on school at all which led to my demise in the long run but yeah, so going going into varsity athletics, coming coming out of high school, I like it's like I said before, I thought I was going to be that guy. In fact, I had a coach tell me, Shaka, leave your legacy. This is this is the time you're here for the long haul. You're going to be one of the cornerstones of this of this team. And I bought in completely, and that's why I was so focused on what I had to do to help my team succeed. I've never truly been. Uh, a me person the team is about me I've always been someone to do everything for the team and if that meant I have to put my body in line if I have to grind even harder in the gym if I have to put in extra hours I will do it to make myself as the best athlete as I could be so my team can be represented to win then I would do it when it came down to the injury, it really shattered my whole mindset because I was so wrapped up into this I, this football identity, this athlete identity, that I didn't know anything else. In high school, I was told that I was going to go 
that pros were in my future. And so I bought into that. I was blessed with being physically gifted at a young age. Uh, and so I bought into that. I, we had a great team in high school. We had a, I had great coaches. I had great teammates. And so success came pretty easy in high school because of the, the team and my surroundings. So when I got to university and I was so wrapped up into this mindset, I didn't know anything else. And so injury came, whole world shattered. And that was, and that was pretty much it from there. And you talked a little bit about academic Shaka. What would you say to, let's say, past Shaka Fonderson here in first year? What would you say to him now, knowing what you know about the importance of balancing academics in it and athletics? What would you say to him now with all the knowledge that you have? Stay focused. Stay focused. If I could go back with the knowledge that I have now, that's something I would definitely say. It's cool to go and you know focus on athletics, but if you if you can't get the job done in the classroom, you are no good to your team on the field. So that's something I would definitely say to myself with the knowledge I know now. You know, just stay focused on what you have to do. Make the sacrifice for the for the time being. I was one who didn't like school as much because I, I don't know I wasn't very good at it, and so I didn't I didn't I didn't find I didn't find joy in, in school. But if I could go back and tell myself, you know, just stay focused, man. Stay focused. Your long term passions will will happen. Just stay focused on what you have to right now. Shaka, you mentioned talking to some football players on your team about potentially struggling with the same thing that you were struggling with in terms of identity. What were some conversations you maybe had with them about that, that maybe jump-started your, your business into beyond the game? What were some things you guys talked about that they struggled with that you were trying to help people out with now? Yeah, so a lot of the conversations actually surrounded the future for them, the future future goals and aspirations. Guys that were studied many different things. I had friends, friends and teammates that studied engineering, friends and teammates that were in political sciences and even though they were they were succeeding in school because you know they cared more than I did at the time they really didn't see a future in those fields they said I'm going to play professional football I'm not going to point out any names but unfortunately they weren't going there because of the team we were on the team we didn't have the best team at the time and not a lot of players got a lot of love from the pros and so it was the journey to the pros would have been very difficult for them so unfortunately, you know, some, some of those guys didn't go pro and it's tough to sit back now and think about those conversations because I saw very closed minds that no one thought anything further than playing football. And it was hard to really, it's hard to, to have those conversations because I saw, I was thinking about so much more than just what I was doing at the time and they were not. And so those those kind of conversations that we had and so once i realized that that was the mindset a lot of athletes had at the time i realized i had to make a change and and it had to start it had to start then that's great shaka hearing you wanting to get back to other athletes to what they're going through so would you say there was like an aha moment that happened to you that you said maybe you're talking to vince and you said hey maybe i should start my own business was there something like a light bulb moment that really got you wanting to do this full time yeah, so actually, so I started thinking about the business before I I linked up with Vince. It's funny because when, once I did link up with Vince, it real, we realized that we had met quite a few years before. He was actually one of my football coaches when I was growing up. I've always wanted to give back. I've always wanted to to do something. And 
And my dad always said growing up that sports are a means to the end, not the end in itself. Growing up, I kind of always brushed it off. I never took it seriously because, you know, that's my dad saying, saying things and he being a father and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I didn't take it seriously. But once, once I got to this point, really started thinking about how to give back, I realized that probably the only way to do it is either join join a company that's already doing this and at the time because i wasn't i wasn't super into the industry just yet i didn't know any any businesses other than vince and that's why i started working with vince but then i also realized that i had more that i wanted to do i had so many other ideas so many other things that i that i could bring to the table and rather than compromise his position and and his and his business ideas i decided to start things for myself and just bring all my ideas to the table and try to make everything happen for those who are listening shaka that maybe are in your boat that want to start their own business what's some advice you would give them based on what you've experienced with starting your own business and beyond the game be passionate about it be absolutely passionate about it because if you don't love it it's not going to work out for you. One misconception that I had with starting the business is that it could just be done like, like that, super easy, you know? But what I, what I really realize now is that there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that people aren't aware of. The marketing, the branding, the legal aspects of running a business, the, there's so much that goes behind it. And I wasn't aware of it all. But I've been blessed enough to be surrounded by people that have skills in different areas that I'm able to bring onto the team to help me with this with this kind of stuff. My my younger brother is studying accounting and finance, so he's my bookkeeper, you know. So he gets practice, and I get my I get my my finances done. I have people who run their own businesses that I can reach out to and, and ask questions. And I think being able to keep a network like that, be able to keep a network of people who specialize in so many different things is super important because you can, you can reach out and you can get advice in different areas that you may not be strong in. Another thing I would really say is that focus on your strengths and allow other people to shine in theirs because that's the way everybody wins. So to summarize, if you're listening at home, Shaka's advice, you got to be passionate about what you're doing. You got to be passionate about your craft. You got to want to network. And the follow-up to that is use the strengths of others to really boost what you're doing as well, making a strong team. So exactly. sounds great, Shaka. Shaka, we're going to move on to segment two now, day-to-day life. I'm really interested in this. I know our listeners are as well. So what does your day-to-day life look like? Absolutely. It's funny because there's not much of a difference from when I first started to where I am now. So when I first started... I was I was still working multiple jobs. I still I think I'm pretty sure I worked one full time job and one part time job as well as working on Beyond the Game. The reason I did this is because I didn't want to go and get government loans because I already had student loans to pay back and I'm not trying to add more money on top of on top of what I have to do. Another thing is that with loans or with with grants you have to have a certain place to put them. And I, meaning you have to spend that money on specific things. And at the current moment, I, well, at the time, I couldn't think about what I could have this money put into. You know, I was, I was trying to build different things. I could have I could have hired different people, but I decided to not go that route. And so I would go to work at my full-time job at night, I'd come home, sleep for a few hours, go to work to my part-time job, 
come home, sleep for a little bit, and then work on beyond the game when I could. You know, I would be building be building workshops or on weekends, I would go and meet with Vince or meet with people and just talk, talk about the sporting industry, talk about their experiences, talk about business. And from, from there, I tried to bring everything together in order to build a program that I felt could really give back to a lot of athletes. And so that's what I did at that time. And so fast forward to a, to a whole year, I've been reaching out to different clubs, reaching out to different schools, and we've done a lot of workshops. We've done school talks, which has been amazing. And so now my role now because of the coronavirus and everyone being quarantined and we're, are, we're indoors, I have a lot of time to work on Beyond the Game. And so one of the things that I undertook a while ago was podcasts because we've been, we've given the visual content, we've given the, the written content, we've given the physical content, and now to reach another audience, we want to give the audio content. So podcasts has been, has been a great venture for me as well. And so my, my days consist of editing podcasts, reaching out to new people, like, like, you know, yourself, reach out to people and seeing if they want to be on the podcast. I've actually had a few people reach out to me saying they want to be on the podcast, which has been a great blessing. I have recently also accelerated our process of going online. So now we offer online workshops through Zoom and our coaches are well-versed in the workshops that we do and they're ready at any moment to run a workshop. And so with that comes the process of creating online registration forms, creating the online payment platforms, and then promoting that and, and, and hoping that we get people to register for this stuff. And then once we have all that registered, it's then it actually comes time to run the workshop. That in itself is a lot of fun. Technical difficulties can be part of the process, but at the same time, just have fun with it. It's something that people understand. You don't have to be perfect. And I think that's one of the biggest, biggest lessons that we can, we can take from that is that we don't have to be perfect. We just have to keep going with it, run with the flow and just, just be happy and be happy in the process. You mentioned coming up with your own sort of, we'll use the word curriculum or resources and workshops. So how did you decide what was going to go into those workshops with certain groups and how you were going to bring the coaches in? How did that all work out? Take me a, into your brain a little bit of what that was like in that process. Yeah, actually, I had a lot of help with this as well. Shout out to Vince Luciani again. He's, he's a dude with a mind for this thing. So essentially what we did is we reverse engineered my thought process. We took what I know now about certain topics, and then we went back into what I did or what I needed to do in order to learn those things, right? And so, so we, we broke everything down. We broke everything down from, you know, from, from the events that led to my understanding. And then we've tried to mimic those events in exercises. And so once we, once we created those exercises, then we had to test them again. If someone who is, who does not have my knowledge, someone who does not have my perspective, if they saw this workshop, if they saw this exercise and they did it, would they be able to come up to the same conclusion or, or their conclusion of their, of their own? At the end of the day, I don't care if everybody knows what I know. I just want people to get what they get out of it, right? I want it to be productive for them. And so once we have a certain exercise, then we test it with people. I tested it with a bunch of different athletes that I used to coach at the gym I worked at. I tested it with some friends. 
tested with some family and seeing seeing all this come out of it was really cool because this is how I I really you know broke down what I needed to teach and broke down our curriculum. Sounds good there, Shaka. In terms of testing out your product, you see a lot of businesses do that in general with product tests or they'll bring in focus groups. So it sounds like you did something similar. Absolutely. So can you now walk me through a workshop? Let's say you have a, you've done some workshops recently, even today, in fact. So can you go through the process of beginning the recruitment, let's say, of the workshop and then all the way to the completion of the workshop, possibly some follow-up as well? So can you walk the audience through that? Absolutely. Yeah. So with, I guess, the, the recruitment of the workshop. So what we do essentially after we have the registration forms all, all done and whatnot, we will put it out there. Sometimes we will you know, we'll reach out to different people to see if they're interested in it. So in terms of workshops, it's really cool because teams will tell you exactly what they want or they'll give you parameters of what their team needs and we are able to work in those parameters to come up with a workshop that's best suited for them specifically for example we had a workshop with an all-girls soccer club in Brampton Ontario a few months back Brams United so they actually reached out to us after after I put out my initial intro video for beyond the game telling talking about who I was and talking about my story their general manager reached out to me and funny enough, we actually went to high school together. And she reached out to me and said, Shaka, I love your story. I love what you guys are doing at Beyond the Game. What are workshops like? You know, can you come and do a workshop with us? So things went silent for a little bit because people got busy. She got busy. I got busy. And we ended up linking up about a few, a few months later. And so when they approached us, they asked us what workshops we do. I said, one thing that we know how to do for sure at the time was leadership. So we, we decided to run a leadership workshop with the girls at the soccer club. They reached out to all their different teams and their, their age groups. And they, we had about 50 to 60 girls at this workshop and it was awesome. So coach Ashley and I went to the workshop and essentially what we did, we allowed them to teach themselves more or less. We came up and we talked about certain aspects of leadership. Then we broke them off into different teams and different groups, but we didn't keep them in their own teams. We had them mix and intermingle because if you if you have the crust on your on your jersey, if you have the crust on your shirt, you're a one team. It doesn't matter how what age group you're playing for, you're all one team. So we broke them up into different groups and we allowed them to each of them picked a different topic that surrounded leadership. And then we asked one person to step up and take charge, you know, right on the poster board that we gave them all different things that, that they can think of that surround that leadership topic. And then once that was done, that one person rotated to the next group and taught that next group exactly what their initial group had, had talked about. And so it was really cool to see people step up in, into those roles and really cool to see who decided to to speak and what the different things were that they thought about in the different aspects. And I think my favorite part about that is that within the different groups, no one wrote it the exact same way on their poster board. No one wrote the aspects the exact same way on their poster board. We had one group that drew pictures as well as as well as the words that, that they put on paper. We had one group write words in a circle on their page, which to me was odd at the time. But then, hey, that's creativity and they did what they want to do. So that's awesome. 
weird rock group that wrote just in in bullet in bullet points and i loved all of it because it showed us and it showed them that even within one team there's so many different types of people and everybody's able to work together to come up with the best solution and and so not only do they learn about leadership they learn about themselves they learn about how how to work together as a team to accomplish one goal and the coaches loved it so much they called us back for two more sessions unfortunately because of everything going on we had to postpone it but we're excited to go back and work with them again so for those listening wherever you are on this podcast we are recording this during the covid situation so that's what shock is referring to if you're listening to this even months later and you're wondering what he's talking about i'm sure you won't forget this time so this is a very unique time for us and shaka being able to share and come in and even talk about how he's using this time positively despite the uncertainty of it all doing some more research and figuring out stuff with beyond the game so thanks for sharing that shaka and going back a little bit you talked about some content and networking what would you say would be the balance in terms of your week how much are you developing content and how much are you networking and recruiting Honestly, at this point, Theo, it's probably a 50-50 split. There's no super regimented time frame that I have uh, allocated for content creation and have for networking. Because for me, a lot a lot of my content comes from the conversations I have when I network with people. You know, and so I'm not here claiming that I have all the answers. I'm not here claiming that I can solve anybody's problems. But like I mentioned before, if I have a network of people that specialize in different things, I'm able to pull from everybody. They know what they know in in their parts of the world. They know what they know in their industries. And so if I'm able to take that, I'm able to understand it and I'm able to put it into a workshop, then that's the best way for me and for for, for our clients to really get the best of the best. Recently, I had a call. I had a podcast with a gentleman by the name of Dylan Nadler. He runs a company called Mindlock Mental Mental Training. He trains people in the UFC. He trains people in professional MMA. He trains people in the CFL, in the Olympics, just on the, the mental training. He is a Taekwondo master. He former world champion, number one in Canada, top four in the world. He started this when he was 10 years old. Started, started Taekwondo when he was 10 years old, and now he's in university and he's doing this. I just had a conversation with him and a lot of the stuff that he talked about, a lot of stuff that he's able to give to his clients, I'm able to take that for myself as well and put that into workshops and give back to our to our team and our athletes. And so it's really cool just being able to meet people and take in their perspective and their skill sets and then mold it into something really great to give out to everybody else. For those listening, I really love Shaka's humility. As you can hear, he's not claiming that just because he, start, he started a business about life after sport that he knows it all. He's willing to invest in others to build them up and to help his business. So Shaka, that's really cool for you to share that. And my last question in this section is, if I was an athlete, let's say struggling with identity, kind of your wheelhouse in terms of what your organization is about, can you give me like a couple sentences of key messaging you would say drives beyond the game in terms of struggling with identity after sport? Many athletes struggle with this. Either they end during their university career, perhaps even high school. So what would you say to them? Some key messages. Absolutely. Like I mentioned before, we don't tell people who they are at the sport. We ask them questions and we probe to have them understand it for themselves. Because if they can't relate to it, it's not going to stick. One really cool 
quote that I that I've seen. It didn't really have anything to do with sports and life. It more so had to do with the the street life and life. But I I was able to modify it for sports. Essentially, is if you can lead a team, you can lead a business. If you can can hustle and work in the gym, you can hustle and work in the classroom. If you can if you can study game film, you can study you can study a book. There's no difference between life and sport. It's just a different channel. The vehicle just looks different. If you have the skill set you have in your sport can be transferred to the skills that you have in life. You just have to understand how to do it and who you are and who you are to be able to push that forward. That's actually really cool, Shaka, because I'm not sure if you ever watched the show Last Chance You. I'm sure you have. Yeah, yeah. And you hear a lot of those football players in the show. For those who've uh, watched it, they would know. And it's just a show about players who are in junior college trying to make it back into Division One football. And uh, the argument you hear a lot from those players, Shaka, is, I'm not good at school, miss. They'll say, I'm not good at school. I can only, you know, study game film. I can only study plays. I'm only good because I'm big and I eat a lot and I can tackle somebody. And that's sort of where their identity is. So I, I really hear what you're saying with that. Yeah, it's really interesting because I I was there as well. You know, I was I was in those shoes. I understood exactly what they're saying. And that's kind of why those shows really hit me because I see myself in, in their position. It's those players who say they can only study gameful, I totally get that. I thought I could only study gameful too. Yeah. But I realized that the only reason I could study game film is because I only cared about game film. If they're able to put a goal surrounding school or surrounding literally anything else that they have to do, then their passions will now align with what they're doing. If I realized that academics was was essentially the key holder to my professional football career I would have probably paid a lot more attention in school, you know? And so it, it's it's really about where your passions align and understanding that there are certain things you have to get done if you want to do what you want to do. And so that's that's another piece of advice I, I wish a lot of these kids would, would get as well. All these athletes, not just kids, all these people in general. That's It's not just a kid thing, it's an everybody thing. Thanks for sharing all that, Shaka, for segment two and just your heart to see people just know their true selves and know that there's life beyond just even I would say their job just holistically is just all about the whole person and that's really good that that's something you guys care about absolutely man as we move into segment three here shock I'm sure you've heard some misconceptions or things related to you starting a business or talking about life after sports so what are some misconceptions that people have about being an entrepreneur being in the industry that you're in yeah, I actually mentioned one before talking about, you know, there's a lot of a lot of time that you have when you work for yourself. There's not a lot of time. The I think the misconception comes from because it's your own business, you get to choose when you work. And for those who are trying to self-fund, a lot of the t- the off time, quote unquote off time is spent working other jobs. Like I mentioned before, I worked one full-time job, one part-time job, as well as working on Beyond the Game. And so there's a lot of time that's taken from my day for other jobs. And so I have to work extra hours late at night or at times where I want to be sleeping or seeing friends to work on Beyond the Game. With that being said, it can be it can be a lot of fun working for yourself if if you get grants and and 
uh, funding from the government or from from sponsors, that that can free up a lot of time for yourself. And so it really depends on the route that people want to go. Another misconception that I hear all the time, and I really wish this were true for myself, is that entrepreneurs make tons of money. Oh my goodness, I wish entrepreneurs made tons of money. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to get to that point. It takes a lot of so much effort to create systems and put those systems in place to automate things and to get things going smoothly that you're able to reach out and get clients. And I have seen a lot of posts and watched a lot of videos on entrepreneurs that say, you know, you can you can make six figures a month with high income clients. And it's it's very difficult to get to that point because a lot of a lot of times for for myself especially when I when I try to put pricing on on workshops, I I price very low because I wouldn't spend tons of money on certain workshops just because I don't have that kind of resources. I don't have that kind of money just laying around. I can't I can't justify paying I don't know five thousand dollars for a workshop. You know what I mean? So it's it's hard to justify that price on a workshop for me at least. I know people do it. And, that's awesome. I want to get to that point where I'm able to justify pricing it that that high. Actually, one of the best pieces of advice for that I've been given, again by Vince, <laughs> he asked me what would I value myself. How do I value the work I do? And I said it's invaluable. Like I think it's super important for this to be out there. He said, okay, price it like that. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But my perspective at the time of a student with little to no money is that. I can't spend this kind of money on a workshop. So that's that's the, the constant battle that I have. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurs have to understand that it takes time to reach the level that they want to go to. It takes time for them to build up the confidence, one, to price themselves at such a, a, a high price point. And it takes time to build those resources because you have expenses, you have bills, you have yada 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 you have all this stuff to pay for and so you have to be able to save money properly and it just takes time it takes time definitely a grind there shaka it sounds like so it must take a toll even just on your personal life but you're newly married so congratulations to you and your wife brenda appreciate it thank you thank you out in british columbia now shaka originally um was living in ontario moved out to bc to be with his wife and so how would you say balancing business life now affects family life now that you're newly married how does that intertwine what kind of role does she play in your business it's actually really cool because brenda played varsity soccer at the university of toronto which was actually where we met and so she has a very similar perspective to me in in that there is so much more to life than just playing sports so she is super supportive when it comes to beyond the game stuff i remember when we first moved to bc I wasn't focused on Beyond the Game. I decided to take a little break from it because I needed to find a job. I needed to find something that was able to help pay the bills while, you know, I grew Beyond the Game. I told her from the get-go, I'm like, you know what? Beyond the Game is on the back burner, but that's okay. Once I have a job, once I'm, I'm we're steady in, in that sense, then I'm able to focus on what I have to do with Beyond the Game. And she said, why can't you use this time to work on Beyond the Game as well? And so... You know, after some time, I, I finally finally came to grasp with that, and I was you know, and I started working on Beyond the Game. That's when things started going, you know. And so, 
to have someone who's super supportive of my dreams and my passions is such a blessing because I don't think I could do it without my support system, without her, without my family, without her family, without people that really believe in us. I don't know how much I could push just on my own. I'm able to talk to her about so many different things, so many different workshops. I'm able to bounce different ideas off of her. And because she played soccer, she's able to give me a new perspective when it comes to even the wording of some of some of our posts and and the people I talk to and the perspective of a women's soccer player. You know, it's so it's it's awesome to have because I'm stuck in my mind where I've only played basketball and and football. And I know, I know for the most part, others, some other sports, but she's able to give me a new perspective. And this is something that I definitely need. That's definitely a tip for those out there wanting to get into their own business or just any industry, I would say, is having the support of your loved ones close by is really important. Because I'm sure, as you mentioned, if she wasn't as supportive of that, it would be much more draining for you in the long run, would you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. I listen, one other person I listen to a lot is is Gary Vaynerchuk, and a lot of things he says is that don't care about what other people say, and he acknowledges it in himself that it's so much more easy said than done. But when when you get to a point where you are are internally happy, where you are chasing your own passions, people will come around. And I've just been blessed with with a support system that does care about what I say, you know, what I, what I'm chasing and what I'm passionate about. And so that just gives me that extra energy boost. And thankfully I don't have to have that internal battle to, to stop listening to everybody else because they're, they're right there for me. So it's great. That's good to hear Shaka. And is there anything else you want to add for this section? Are you ready for some rapid fire? Let's get some rapid fire, man. All right, here we go. So the first question of rapid fire, Shaka, name your top three sports teams and top three athletes of all time. Okay. Whew. This, this one's always fun. Top three sports teams of all time. Toronto Raptors, Chicago Bears, and the good old Toronto Argonauts. On top three athletes, right. We're going with LeBron James, Serena Williams. Ooh, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Okay. Minnesota Vikings. Oh, my goodness. That's sweet, and I love the CFL shout-out, so if you uh, never watched the CFL, Shaka's giving you a shout-out. And Shaka, you did some work with the Argonauts at some point, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, so I actually volunteered with them. While I was still at university, I wanted to get involved in some way or another. When they won the Great Cup, they came to the University of Toronto, and they had workshops at U of T. Their huddle-up program, they ran out of U of T at one point, and so I was able to be involved in that, be one of the coaches there. I actually also, like I said, I volunteered with them. I worked on their their game day, the game day team, the Double Blue Crew. So we helped run all the in the end game events, so the, all the fan engagement stuff. So the pizza pizza roll of the game, or you know, bringing fans onto onto the fields, or running the flags after the Argus score a touchdown. I was part of that crew, and it was exhilarating, so much fun. Sounds like it, because it's one of your top three teams there, Shaka, so it's got to be. Exactly. It was a dream, I'm telling you. All right, it was a dream come true for Shaka here. He's living his dream right now with Beyond the Game. But we're going to move to question two here. What's your favorite sports moment in history? Maybe you were there watching it, or you saw it online, something like that. What's your favorite uh, moment in sport history? 2019 Toronto Raptors NBA Championship. It was crazy. 
And uh, because the Raptors were in Toronto and I was living in, in Oakville at the time, it was a short train ride over to the city. And so some of my friends, we decided to go downtown and we went to a restaurant to go watch the finals. And we were we were right there in the mix with everybody. It was so much fun, so much. It was so awesome being in the crowds. I'm very extroverted. And so I love I love people when people get excited. I love being in that in that scenario. You know, part of the reason why I loved working for the Argos because I was surrounded by thousands of screaming fans, and it was the same same reason why I loved I loved this because the whole restaurant, the whole bar was filled with people screaming, cheering for Raptors when they missed. We cried when they scored. We cheered, and so it was awesome. Definitely a testament to how sports can bring people together as well, Shaka. So I'm sure you remember where you were, as you mentioned, at the restaurant. I was at home in Guelph, unfortunately couldn't get down there, had work the next day, so I couldn't get down there for the big festivities, but did make it to the parade. Unfortunately, that was a a very hot day. Were you there at that as well? I was there. I was at the parade too, and it was, like you said, it was a hot day, and like my friends and I decided to go down. We actually stayed overnight in Toronto the night before, and then we decided to get an early start. As early as you think you can get there, get there earlier because people will be camping out in line. They'll be waiting there. Like we, we got there, I think two hours early for a parade and it was already packed. Like we, it was dumb, but it was so much fun being around everybody. It's unfortunate the way it all, it all kind of ended with, you know, with the shootings and whatnot, but you know what? People were safe. The situation handles very quickly and it was still a ton of fun to see it all happening and, Shout out to Toronto Raptors. You guys made a lot of dreams come true. Yeah, and shout out to the Raptors. Shout out to the first response team as well, as you mentioned, dealing with that situation. And I know Shaka, and I know he's not one of those. uh, He just became a Raptors fan in April of 2019. He's one of those day ones. Day ones. So that's good to hear. If you don't know who Rafael Ruggio is, don't talk to me. You can't. Don't be a fan. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a tough one there, Shaka. He was uh, drafted early, I think like 7th or 8th overall. Yeah. And it was not a good pick for the Raptors. One didn't of the, pan out. Didn't pan out. Unfortunately, one of the all-time busts. If you make it to the league, you have to be a good player. He just wasn't a great player for the Raptors. But that's okay. That's okay. Raptors have been through their ups and downs, and we have a ring right now, so we're happy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's a very big contrast, too. I remember just being on the streets, and the amount of people there was just, like, insane compared to compared to now, especially with the COVID situation. So we're going to move to question three here, a non-sports question. I'm going to give you one last meal to eat on earth. You got to tell me what you're drinking. So what are you going to have to sip on your appetizer, main course, and dessert? Okay, so I am drinking a glass of mango juice, room temperature with three ice cubes. I, for some reason, I like the contrast. It's, it's great to me. It can't be four ice cubes. It's got to be three. It has to be three. It has to All be right. three. It can't be four. My appetizer, I'm having a spinach and artichoke dip. It's phenomenal, and it has artichokes and spinach in it, so it has to be healthy vegetables, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. That's what they say. Uh, for my main course, I'm throwing it back to Mother Africa. Fufu and soup, you have to do it. You see all these big players in the NBA, these big players in, in, the, in the NFL. This is what they eat. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. And for dessert... Ooh, I'm having ice cream cake. I like ice cream cake. Dairy Queen? Dairy Queen here or what? Dairy Queen ice cream cake. It has to be done. Sounds good. And now we're going to move to question four here, Shaka. I'm going to give you a chance to put on a concert in your backyard. 
You're allowed to book any band or artist in the world of all time, so living or dead. So that throws a little, you know, wrench into it. You gotta pick three, and you gotta pick the order in which they play. Okay, okay. Opening act, I'm having J. Cole. One of my favorite rappers of all time, J. Cole is opening up. The second person is going to be Beyonce, because she's iconic. She has incredible rage, and she is such a performer and fantastic. And lastly, my favorite artist of all time, dead or alive, Michael Jackson. Okay. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Every time I hear Man in the Mirror, I shed a tear. It's, I love Michael Jackson, man, honestly. Yeah, we're not going to play it for you right now, Shaka. We don't want you to cry <laughs> on the podcast here. So uh, question five. I know you mentioned this a bit earlier, so maybe you can elaborate or maybe share some different advice. But what's the best career advice you've ever received? I know you gave us some earlier, so thank you for that. What's the best career advice you've ever received? The best career advice I've ever received is actually just be it. Just be it. When I was when I was thinking about starting the business, I was hesitating so much because I didn't know if if I had the right stuff to create beyond the game. I didn't know if people would like it very much. And then I met up with someone for coffee and she said, just be it just be beyond the game and so once i was able to take that once i was able to to really internalize that it just went from there i stopped worrying about the numbers game i started worrying about the numbers i stopped worrying about who's coming in and who's not i realized that if i'm true to myself true to the message people who want to hear it will be will be there people who want to to buy in, they will buy in. I don't have to worry about impressed people who have already told themselves that they don't want to, they don't want to listen. And so just being it was the three words that I needed to, to push forward. Sounds good. Some sound advice there, Shock. And I love that you decided to give us advice earlier as well. And it's always that just cyclical approach, right? That you've gotten some good advice from somebody else. And now you're imparting that to the younger generation. So thanks for doing that. Last question of the rapid fire here. If you could be any position on any team in any sport, what would it be? Ooh. Okay. So I played a little running back in high school, and I still love playing running back. It's it's so much fun. Playing offense is great. So I am going to be the running back for the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears were my first, my first NFL team that I ever watched, and this was during the time of Matt Forte and everything, and so I... I love, the, I love Chicago Bears, and I want to play running back, so I'm doing that. So when you play Madden, if you do play Madden, do you pick, uh, when you do the creative player, are you uh, running back then? Is that, is that what you're doing? Yeah, that's, I used to do that a lot. It's the, I, I, like, I like to play everything, so, you know, but, but no, if the, the, first, the first few hundred times I created a player, it was a running back. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear. So that's actually going to wrap up our segment there, Shaka. If our audience wants to find out more about you and also your business, where can they find you? Absolutely. I follow us on Facebook. I'll follow us on LinkedIn, both Beyond the Game. We have a website, www.gobeyondthegame.ca. And we have our Instagram at beyond underscore the game. We're super responsive at, on all platforms. So please shoot us a message. Talk to us. We're here for, we're here for you. We love to hear from you. I'll leave all the info in the show description for you to check out Beyond the Game. Please give them a follow. Check them out. 
They're doing a lot of cool things. It's not just Shaka. He's got a whole team with him. Uh, very vast experiences helping athletes in all areas of life. So Shaka, thank you for your time. I do appreciate it. And you just sharing a bit about your story. I know there's a lot to it. But thanks for being vulnerable, even sharing your um, sadder times with injury and now coming out the other side running your own business. So thank you for doing that. I'm so happy to do that. And thank you for having me on. This is a great platform. I love what you're doing, man. Thanks, Shaka. Thanks for listening. Keep an eye out for the next episode where I interview Mike Haddock, founder of Haddock Sport Performance. Hear about his journey from the general fitness industry into becoming a strength and conditioning coach for national and world level ultimate teams. Hear about his daily life on the road as he travels with club and national level teams to different competitions. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Juan underscore and underscore only underscore sports and see some of my commenting highlights on my YouTube at the channel Juan and Only Sports. Catch you listeners on the flip side. Peace.